This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey everybody, welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick. Coming up on this episode, we're going to do some magic and then discuss the top five kinds of liquor. It's possible. You can really do everything. It's like, hey, we want to make this whole cruise ship disappear. Yeah, we can do it. Some people in Asia a lot, they think magicians have powers and stuff like this. I do like a couple of mentalism stuff and when people are like, oh, so can you really like read minds? I'm like, no, it's... It's impossible. I, it's it's a trick. It's just for entertainment. I don't have magic power. I, well, magicians kind of steal each other's tricks? All the time. All the time. Yeah. Oh, God. I've actually <laughs> done a couple of those shots where somebody lit themselves on fire. Never gets old. Never gets old. I want to thank you guys so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. So I think when it comes to magic, everybody wants to know exactly how they're doing these tricks. Our first guest can give us a little bit of a hint as to how all of these magic tricks are really being done, but he can also give us this fascinating perspective about what really goes on behind the scenes. He did his first magic trick at seven years old and has been touring the world, performing at magic shows all over for nearly the last 20 years. This is Titu. So how did you get into magic? Well, I started with a magic kit when I was uh, seven years old. What was it about it that kind of drew you in? So I'm from France, obviously, and uh, so it was very popular at the time in France. We have a lot of like TV show about magic and stuff, and I saw a TV commercial with a magic set. And I, it was around Christmas time, so I asked my parents, oh, I would like to have that. And then I got it, and then I never stopped from there. Were you any good at the beginning, or were people, or were you bad? No, I was terrible. Uh, I mean, you know, it's like, I was a kid, so I wasn't very patient. So, you know, you, uh, you, you learn something very quick, and right away you uh, show it to your parents. Or I have two sisters, so I was showing to my sisters, or my parents right away, it's like, oh, he's saw that or we saw that because I was not prepared at all. I was just reading the instruction very quick and like try right away to show it to people. So it was not very good. So how did how did you become a professional? Like walk me through the journey up the ranks, so well, to speak. Obviously at first when you're a kid and uh, you grow up you don't really think of magic as a job because you don't even realize there's people making a living out of it except like famous people like Copperfield and stuff like that. And it happened like that. So after high school, 
Uh, I pretty much did uh, nothing except shows. I I was manager of a magic shop actually in Paris for a year, and then from that magic shop, uh, it's cool because I got a, a lot of people were calling the shop looking for magician for events. So of course, me I was getting all of them. <laughs> I was like, sure, I'll find your magician, and I was putting myself on it. <laughs> uh, so I got a lot of contact like this, and also a lot of professional magicians were coming to the shop, uh, and that's why I met a lot of them. The cool thing about I can read all the book about magic all day long without buying them because they're all at the shop. I can I have access to all the new tricks that come on the market as well for free. And then after a year, I was getting way more busy after a year, yeah, uh, getting some gigs. And I was like, well, I don't want to be in the store all day. Became a professional magician like that. What do you remember from that first kind of big show that you did? However, you wanted to find a big show. What do you remember about it? Well, it wasn't it wasn't a prestigious uh, place in Paris. It's called the uh, Paradis Latin, so it's a very famous cabaret in Paris. Uh, they rented the place. The company rented the place for the event, but it's a very very famous cabaret in Paris. So it's kind of a, it's kind of funny. That's one of the because a lot of people like dream to perform there. But actually, me, it's one of the first plays I, I ever performed, which is actually funny. It was very, very cool. I was excited and nervous at the same time. It was very cool. Do you invent the tricks yourself? So there's kind of stuff that I invent in myself. You know, uh, magic is like uh, you learn a lot of techniques. And after you create your own pretty much routines with all the techniques put together, uh, so you can pretty much create it whatever you want. Uh because it's just some technique that you put back to back and to make a trick so you can uh, improvise or invent tricks all the time. After you sometimes you think you came out with an idea and you look in a book and you find out that it exists already because it's easy to find something and be like, oh yeah, that's cool. Uh, you realize like someone else found the same thing uh, 50 years ago. You can't really put a copyright on a magic trick. So for example, if like I create something but you change a little tiny thing on it, <laughs> It's not the same thing, so you can't really say, oh, that's my trick, you know. Uh, in a business, it's a bit like this. It's a bit of war between magician about that because it's like, oh, I invented this. I was like, yeah, but I do it this way. So it's totally different. It's like, oh, yeah, but me, I put my pinky there. and You put your pinky there. And uh, this is black and man is blue. And Will magicians kind of steal each other's tricks? All the time. All the time. But especially now with the uh, the, the new generation, with the, the internet, it's like, you, you just need a guy that posts uh, a TV show online and everybody's going to try to do it or, or copy it. And so it's, it's very, very easy. Like even, which is very surprising. Um, now with like America's got talent and they're in every countries. Like you have some people that steal the whole act they saw on America's got talent and they're going to do exactly the thing for exactly word for word with exactly the same thing on another TV show on the other side of the world. In uh, in East Europe and Asia, like they steal like everything, How? and actually it's kind of flattering too. Like, oh, that guy steal my act. I must be doing something good. If everybody <laughs> wants to steal what I'm doing, it must it must be a good thing. <laughs> but at the same time, it sucks. But it must be a good thing. Yeah. What? How do you do most of your tricks in a broad sense? Like, is it? Is it sleight of hand? Are you fooling people, or how are you doing? So, them? so me, I did two different things. So. Most of the time, what I do, what I'm doing actually right now, uh, I'm in Miami, uh, I do uh, comedy magic. So it's a lot of co a lot of jokes and a lot of, it's like a slight offense, but it's a stand-up comedy show with magic. And so that's what I did the most. That's why I tour the world 
pretty much all the time with. And I also do like Grand Illusion stuff. So I tour with a show called Masters of Illusion. I do the TV show as well. And I, and I do like big things, like big props, like big boxes with like dancers and smoke and mirror and all that stuff. Now, do, do people ever believe it's real magic? Um, well, it's, it's, yes, and not like, I, I don't pretend that I do have power. I always joke around, like, I don't have power and stuff like this. But it's funny, for example, I, I do a couple cruise ship, and on a cruise ship, you have a lot of different demographics. You have people from everywhere in the world. And a lot of people come, like, and say, like, they think I have real magic, but they think magician. Like, a lot of people in India, they think magician are, like, legit, you know, like, oh, yeah, you have magic power, uh, stuff like this, yeah. Like, it's, I remember actually once, um, I went to India, like, it was a long time ago, but the first time I went to India, like, we got stopped at the border with a friend of mine to do a show, and we were going to do a show, and we told them we were a magician, and they, like, they, like, look at us, like, we were, like, like gurus with like power they didn't even when we they asked where we was in a suitcase like oh it's it's our magic prop for the shows the guy at the border the border patrol didn't even want to open our bag because he didn't want to touch our magic stuff we could have carried everything we wanted in the country had drugs or illegal stuff they were like oh it's magic stuff we can't even no no, no it's okay we can, you guys can go we're not going to touch it it was ridiculous. It was so funny. We were like, oh, now every time you go to India, if you want to bring drugs, you can tell it's magic stuff. And, <laughs> and no one's going to question you. Uh, yeah, that was funny. But yeah, some, some people in Asia a lot, they think magicians have powers and stuff like this. But um, I never pretend. When people was like, I do like a couple of mentalism stuff. And when people was like, oh, so can you really like read minds? I'm like, no, it's it's impossible. I, it's It's a trick. It's just for entertainment. I don't have magic power. I don't. You know, I don't pretend anything. But what I hate, like a lot of magicians play the fact like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can read mine and stuff. I'm like, well, stop trying to sell bullshit to people. (laughs) I guess, how do you do the tricks? Well, I do it uh, with a secret that no one knows. That's how it works, I guess. (laughs) Uh, I mean, like I said, there's millions of techniques that we use to make things happen. Obviously, uh, technology involved and and especially now with like the the time we live in, it's pretty much you have access to everything, so you can pretty much do everything because you have the the video, you have the technology to do anything. So it's like the possibilities are like endless. You know, you can really do anything now. If you have budget, you can really really do anything. If tomorrow a client says, "Hey, I want I'm I have a new car coming. Can you like?" do the press conference and make a pure the car and fly in the air. I was like, well, yeah, we can do it. It's, it's important. Like, no, we can do everything. Just going to cost a lot of money and a lot of technical aspect, but it's possible. You can really do everything. It's like, hey, we won't make this whole cruise ship disappear. Yeah, we can do it. I mean, it's going to cost millions of dollars, but yeah, we can do it. Would people, without revealing kind of the secrets, would people be surprised at the complexity or would they be surprised at how simple it is? Actually, they would be surprised how simple it is. It's um, People, they always think way too complicated when they try to say, they tell me like, oh, I think I know how you did this. You did this and probably this and probably this. And in my head, I'm like, no, it's 10 times, 100 times way simpler than that. But because of the little details they have no idea about, never going to come to that direction 
but I love actually it's one of my favorite to learn to listen to people try to figure out or tell me what they think about how I did it I love it because I'm like it's so cool because a sometimes you're like oh that's interesting actually that that would be that would be like a very good idea to use that for that you know but uh most of the 90% of the time 95% of the time they they way far from the reality and it's most of the time way more simple than what you think have you ever had somebody like pick it exactly in front of you like i know how you did that you did it like this yeah it happened yeah and, and there's also people that really knows and how it works because someone knows magic they know they've been doing magic and they just want to brag the fact that they know how you did it so you're not smarter than them What's the hardest kind of magic trick in a general sense? Like card tricks, illusions, mental stuff? Um, well, like manipulation, like state manipulation, it's very hard. It's very, very, very hard. I, I would say it's probably the, the, the one who takes the most time of practice uh, for the smallest reward because I feel like, I mean, it's cool to watch, but that's because people don't know the difficulty behind it. Because I mean, you can do millions of card tricks. It's still gonna be a card trick. People are gonna remember. Oh, they had a good time. They're not gonna in in two weeks. They're not gonna remember exactly what trick you did. Like, do you make a pretty good living? I make me. I make a a very good living with with magic. Like, um, so I do TV shows. I I uh, do my own show, obviously, but I do TV shows. I I consult for the magician. I for offer TV shows as well. I, I enjoy consulting and do. And create magic for the magician, and they're gonna get the glory with something I created. But I'm not, I don't care. I'm not be like, oh no, I created this. The whole world needs to know. Like, no, I I like the being behind the scene and create for the people, and they get the reward. They get the, and I'm I'm fine with that. And um, and it's funny because actually people who create the magic as consulting usually makes way more money than performers. Way more money. Like the budget for consulting for a big big TV show about magic, like. When it's like a TV series for like David Bain or, or like stuff like this or Chris Angel, it's like million dollar budget TV shows. So it's like when you create magic for those TV shows, it's like way more money than a, a single performance on the theater, you know? What do you think is the best magic trick you've ever done or ever seen? Um, ever seen? Uh, well, it's different because, like, for example, there's some shows that I saw, and I know how it works, but I'm still so amazed by by it. And even if I know how it works, like, I go see David Copperfield show, I it's incredible. I know how everything works. There's nothing in the show that I'm like, how is that possible? Because I've been in the magic world for a long time. I know a lot of people, and you know, I've been working around the best magician in the world for for a long time now. So we. I know pretty much every possibility that we can do. So I see a show, I'm like, I'm amazed by the quality of it, but there's not really a trick that fools me, but it's still amazing. And I remember the first time I went to Las Vegas, I was, it was 10 years ago, I was still living in France. That's funny, I did that. But, uh, but uh, the first time I went to Las Vegas, I saw Lance Burton show, and uh, and I knew how everything works, but for me it was like so theatrical and so amazing and so the 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 scenery and the costume and the the acting on stage and the dancer everything was so perfect I was like oh my god that's the best show I've ever seen so I don't know if the well, if I had to pick the best thing I would 
ever seen magic uh, uh, oh yeah I would say oh, it's very specific um, David Copperfield one a uh, couple of years uh, 15 years ago did a, a, TV, a TV special and he does a trick you can google it uh, you'll find it on YouTube it's called The, the Voyeur it's like a trick where you make appear two girls and disappear and they rear reappear on the other side but you feel like you feel like it's, it's cgi when you see it it's like how those girls can like they disappear like so fast you feel like they the the image of course you see that on on a screen so you like you feel like it's cgi that's so fast it is and then they reappear on the other side and it's not twins it's not doubles it's it's the same girls and you're like holy shit how fast is that and it looks so natural it looks so perfect it doesn't look like he looks like effortless. He just walk on stage, those girls. He just like toss a, a cloth and those girls like vanish, like they got disintegrated and it's like reappear on the other side, like in a moment. It's very, very cool. Are there any tricks though that you'll look at another magician and not know how they're doing it? Yes, there's some stuff like I know the, the principle, but sometimes I'm like, how? Oh. And I see the, because it's, it's a, well, of course, when you know all the secret about magic, you think differently than uh, uh, someone who doesn't do magic. So there's some stuff that fools me and be like, oh, how did he kind of, yeah, because I thought it was, it would use that, but no, because it's impossible because the thieving is way too small for that. So it's impossible. Or, so yeah, so there's some stuff like I watch, of course, and I'm like, oh, but I love close up magic because that's probably what fools me the most because now there's so much technique that I used to do when I was younger, like the close-up magic, but I don't really do close-up magic anymore. So now they, there's some kids that are like 15 years old that I see in magic convention and they do like incredible stuff. And I'm like, wow. I was like, I wasn't that talented when I was 15, that's for sure. But yeah, there's, there's so much like smaller stuff, I would say, that fools me very bad. What is your favorite movie about a magician? Uh, I would say The Prestige. That's the one with with, uh, uh, with um, uh, Christian Bell and uh, Hugh Jackman, right? Um, Hugh Jackman, yeah, we go. That yeah. one's pretty good. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was very really good. Um, well, I love this because I thought it was very well thought. Um, but I like uh, in the same time the Illusionist came out. Like they came out, in the, I think they were in the movie theater at the same time. But the Illusionist is very cool because. I mean, the storyline sucks, but um, they talk about more like magic stuff that uh, really existed, about a uh, story about magic that are like really uh, real. Uh, so they talk about the story about magic, so about stuff that like are actually uh, true, which is cool when you know about it. It's like, oh yeah, that's. But then I thought the, the prestige was uh, very, very well thought. At the end, I got fooled, like when. Like, uh, we discovered like they are twins. I got fooled very badly, so I was like, "Yeah, that's good." <laughs> um, that's pretty much all the questions I had, man. What's coming up for you? What's next? If people want to check you out, uh, well, I'm uh, so right now I'm on four days cruise in Miami to the Bahamas. Then I go uh, to Mexico for four or five days. Like in ten days, I go to Mexico for five days. And then after, I'm going to Lake Tahoe in a theater for uh, five weeks from like November 26th to December 31st. 
Does that track? And then after, at the beginning of the show, uh, beginning of the year, I uh, I do a TV show with Masters of Illusion. We shoot in a seven season that's going to air in the summer next year. And then in February for like seven weeks, I go on tour around the country with them as well. If somebody somebody listens to this, they want to become a magician. What advice would you give them? Uh, well, I would suggest to find a magic shop in their town uh, because you can always check online and see like YouTube video. But I think like you learn way better to like uh, meet some magician or stuff like that. Like I started with books and uh, VHS at the time. Uh, like now we have DVDs then and getting old as well. But um, books, uh, books are amazing. And I think books is cool because the problem with DVDs or video on YouTube, it's like now, and we all did it. I did the same when I was younger. It's like you see a magician doing his presentation about a trick that you learn in a video, but you're going to do exactly the same presentation that you see because that's automatic. Like you see something, you, you want to do the same, so you copy it. But when you read an effect on the book and a technique on the book, all the presentation and all the way to like demonstrate the tricks, it comes from your head and your imagination because you can't, when you read it, you just imagine. It's a good icebreaker for a lot of shy kids because, you know, they, a lot of shy kids, they practice magic a lot in their room and stuff like this, but they can show it to people. So it's a good icebreaker because they do something that not everybody does. I want to thank T2 so much for joining us. If you want to connect with him, we have linked to him on our social media accounts. We're profoundly pointless on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I think anytime you're talking about magic, you really have to see some of the tricks. He's posted some of those tricks on his social media accounts and on his website. They're really cool to check out, and he really is. You can really tell that he's a great performer. So if you want to check out some of his shows, we also have links to that on the RSS feed that's on this podcast. Okay, so now let's go ahead and give John Shaw a call. Hello. When's the last time you cleared your computer history? Uh, you need to be more specific. Personal computer, work computer? Well, let's go personal and then go work. Uh, I can't remember the last time I cleared my personal computer. You're more likely to look at stuff you shouldn't be looking at at work? No, I just, uh, no one else uses my computer here at my house. I'm the only person who uses it, so I don't have to worry about anybody seeing anything in any kind of search engine or anything like that. How do you know that, though? I mean, how do you know that people aren't checking up on you, seeing all the stuff you've been looking at? Because I'm pretty sure my wife would rather have her fingers cut off than to use what she calls uh, the worst computer known to man. Is It aids to my benefit, because then she... She doesn't have uh, the exact number of, uh, you know, porn sites I visit a day, so. Well, maybe your computer doesn't work that well because you don't clear the history. That could be it. I, uh, I, I, I'm a, I, I do believe in clearing the history. It's just on my personal computer, I mean, I, I use it, I don't use it that often, and when I do, there's only certain websites I go to. You're not bookmarking a porn site, are you? No, I'm not that brave. I mean, I, I, I might bookmark it, but I call it, like, John's baseball card collection website or something. That's way too obvious. If you <laughs> if you name it something that like oh oh I would why would they be looking like oh that definitely isn't porn. You might as well just put definitely not porn on the bookmark. <laughs> I, I think we should. I think I should do that. I think 
what I'm going to do is I'm going to go after we're off, you know, done uh, recording here. I'm going to go upstairs. I'm going to change every one of my bookmarks to something like that. Like, not porn. Definitely not porn. If you click on this, you're definitely not going to a porn website. No way. This is porn. How often are you clearing your comp- your history at work? So that's different uh, because, uh, unfortunately, where I work, and maybe this is everywhere, we have the slowest computer system known to man. Um, so I, I legitimately, if, if, if I'm on it for a full day, just doing work stuff, which in the news, you know, you're, you're researching things, you're looking up things by after an eight hour shift or, or whatever you want to call it, an eight hour day, the, uh, the computer will be running so slow. Like I have to clear the history. I have to take things off my, my hard drive videos and pictures just because it will run so damn slow. And no, uh, I, I, I can, I can tell you, I am not surfing, uh, uh, porn sites at work. Thank God anymore <laughs> at least not at this company who's my here's my other question for you if you say something that you think is going to be funny do you wait for a laugh and look at people or do you just kind of move on oh that's that's such a that's such a good question uh can i say i do both or is that not a is that not a good answer let's say you think it's going to be at least a five out of ten funny if not higher are you going to like say the thing you think is going to be funny and then wait? I'm going to say what I what I think is funny and then I'll wait because I'll try to process like why aren't people finding this funny? Why are they just sitting there? You know, why do they think I'm the dumb one when I think they're the dumb ones for not having a funny reaction? Do you make eye contact? Um, probably. I I would think I would. To be honest, I can't remember the last time I was that awkward like that. I I can think of all the time, basically. <laughs> well, in, you don't count, all in, right? In general, when you're speaking to other people, do you go light on the eye contact, medium on the eye contact, heavy on the eye contact? Oh no, I'm I'm uh, I'm pretty heavy. I'm you know, a man or woman. If it's the first time I meet you, it's a handshake and it's eye contact. And if you don't return it, you know, like the handshake has to be a good grip and the eyes have to, you know, I, I automatically lose six percentage points of respect for you if it's a weak handshake and or like you're looking down or looking to the side or up or, you know, anywhere other than eye contact. Yeah, but I mean, during the course of like a conversation with somebody, you know, are you still going heavy eye contact? Oh, I mean, if it's one of my friends, I mean, I don't expect anyone to really pay attention to me and I don't think they would expect me to pay attention to them so no i'm not too worried about it if it's like a friend or a if i'm in a social setting but if it's a if it's a different if it's like a workplace setting or something like that then i would expect pretty heavy eye contact i would actually say that people are probably only listening to 10 percent of anything anyone has to say well so is that just because of our our dependence on you know our phones and, and computers or is that just what you think regardless i would say that's what i think regardless i would say that in my interactions with my wife i know what she's going to say after about the first four words so i can tune out for the rest like okay i know what you're about to tell me i got it and then i kind of like all right i start thinking ahead and i start wondering what else is going on i only need to hear one sentence out of every paragraph i i you know i don't know how your wife takes that my wife does the same thing to me because i 
and I, you know, you've called me out several times on this podcast, but I can ramble or I can be long winded. Uh, and my wife will just shut that shit straight down. I don't think it's that you're rambling or long winded. I don't think you form coherent thoughts. <laughs> uh, that, that could be it. Uh, I'm usually pretty, uh, pretty coked up by the time I'm doing this recording. Not, not that you're not a smart guy. I just think that like you've got so many thoughts at one time. It's kind of like you're at a buffet and you start to get one side dish, but then move into the next side dish before you finish serving, serving the plate. Well, I mean, listen, have you ever been to a buffet? N- no. <laughs> of course you have. You just can't, you know, you, you gotta keep, you know, it's like, it's like an old football saying, you know, ass down, head up kind of thing. Like I'm always, my head's always looking at the buffet. I'm always thinking about what's next. I oh, okay. <laughs> Speaking of what's next, what's what do you got for your segment? So listen, so uh, last episode we had on uh, a pretty badass drummer, Gene Hoagland. That's not how you say his name. Well, that's that's how I perceived it. How, well, I say it again. Hoagland. Yeah, that's closer. It's like Hoagland. H <laughs> O and then G L A N. I literally just said that. Well, then Hoagland. maybe you have a lisp. What? Whatever. You're such a dick. Maybe I do have a speech impediment. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, <laughs> you know, we posted on social media, blah, 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 the episodes. It comes to find out that one of our former co-workers apparently got kicked out of a strip club. Uh, she was partying with Gene. They got kicked out of the strip club because he puked. And uh, did some other things in the strip club, so they kicked them both out, uh, which is just insane to me. Wait, now what? Tell this story. Okay, what? So a former coworker of ours. Just say called, what their name rhymes with. Uh, well, I can tell her first name's Lisa. No, last name starts with an M. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Okay. And she posted on my Instagram account after I'd post the podcast, whatever, uh, basically a little story that... You know, she was partying with Gene one night at a strip club, and he had gotten so drunk he started throwing up everywhere on the floor. Nice. Uh, and he was trashed and whatnot, so they kicked them both out of the strip club. Why'd she get kicked out of the strip club? Probably because she was with him. And if anyone knows Lisa, listen, love you, Lisa, but she can probably get a little rowdy herself. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, she she was instigating some things. No, actually, I would probably side with, with him on it was definitely her fault. <laughs> I mean, Gene seemed like a pretty chill guy, so I, I I can't imagine him getting kicked out of anywhere. Yeah, he's the nicest man ever. <laughs> anyway, so that's uh, you know that 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 one's the social media uh, you know a prize for the week. I mean, anytime that you have a personal story with one of our guests, it's awesome. Just let us know. I mean, fuck, we post on every social media site known to man. No, we don't actually. We don't post on Reddit, uh, 4chan. Pinterest or TikTok. I don't know what that is, and I don't have any desire to know what that is. <laughs> I I would do TikTok with you. We could just do little videos of us dancing together. Hard pass. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> All right. So um, we're going to start off the questions here. I'm, I'm curious to know: uh, are you are you a snowblower kind of guy, or are you going to get out there and shovel? You shovel that stuff. There's nothing wrong with a little manual fucking effort. So, for instance, uh, this will be dated, but the, we're supposed to get our first big snow event 
tomorrow. Six to 12 inches of snow, they're saying. Whatever. My neighbor, one of my neighbors, was outside tonight uh, for a good 45 minutes making sure his snowblower was in pristine shape. I guarantee you, given me, uh, you know, 265 pounds of me, uh, hasn't done cardio in a good three weeks, I will I will get my driveway cleared off faster with a shovel than he will with a snowblower. Well, what does your neighbor look like? I mean, if he's working on a snowblower for 45 minutes, does he have some sort of mental impairment? I feel like he probably does. <laughs> no. No, he doesn't, actually. He's, uh, you know, he, he's, he's a good guy. How much does he bench? Uh, How much do you think he benches? <laughs> I mean, he's a not a very big guy. I mean, I'm probably going to say 150. Okay. My problem with it, I mean, I would go, look, I think that you got to go out there and once a season, you got to shovel it yourself, right? And then after you do that, you can realize, I don't have to do this and then get the snowblower. But you got to do it at least once a season. I don't want to hear it from you. You hire somebody to mow your lawn. True story, though. I canceled that in the middle of the summer. <laughs> nice. Did you crush that kid's soul? <laughs> I, uh, I, I, you did know. He, did he cry? Uh, no, it's actually a, uh, I don't know what happened to them, to be honest. They just stopped coming. And so you didn't cancel it. So you didn't cancel it. They stopped showing up. They they just stopped showing up. Okay, like, so don't then don't try to take credit for doing it. They just didn't show up. You didn't <laughs> cancel it. Yeah, well, I mean, sure, I didn't cancel. They sure they didn't show up, so it's canceled one way or the other. <laughs> Did you pay them? Did you pay them ahead no. of time? Didn't no, they? Weren't I, they sick listen, or something? I, Maybe are they alive? I have no idea. Like I want to pay them. Like I've tried contacting them. I showed up at their house, like That's to try to see what was going on. I. Why did you sh- you showed up at their house? Well, they live right around the block. Like that was part of the, you know, just trying to help out, a, you know, a local a local company. And it had been like a month, and I hadn't been able to contact them. So I'm like, you know what? I'll just go over and, ma- you know, maybe who knows? Maybe what? maybe the worst, right? I wanted to pay them. I, I, were they still doing the work? No, but I, I had owed them like from the summer. Oh, okay. Because they only collect like twice a summer. Okay, all right. This is making a little bit more sense here. Were they so there? Like, Did they answer the door? What happened? No, they didn't answer the door. I uh, cars in the driveway. This was the this was the middle of July, so cars in the driveway. Uh, there, yeah, there was one car in the driveway. Mm, where was it parked in the driveway? <laughs> was it like parked to the side of the driveway? Like they tried to back another car out, and they had to move that car. So maybe that car was like just permanently there, or did it look like that car was being driven on a regular basis and they were avoiding you? Listen, no, nobody cares. We're moving on. I kind of um, want to know. I want to know what's going on with the lawn mowing company. I have no idea. If anyone knows, you showed up at please. their fucking house. That's ridiculous to me. I I just wanted to. I first off, I wanted to make sure that they were okay. Did you walk or did you drive? I walked. <laughs> <laughs> were, you, were you sweating when you got back? I might have been. It was a hot day out, okay? Mm, what time of day did you go there? Jesus Christ. What time of day? Nobody cares what at time, all then, about then, this story. Okay, then tell me what time of day that you went. It was probably between 6 and 7 at night. Okay, uh, weekday or weekend? It was a weekday. I had my daughter in, in, in a stroller, and I was just. it was part of my walk route that day. Okay. It's a legitimate time to check. I feel like that's appropriate. (laughs) 
Thank you for your approval. Well, if you went on like a Saturday or a Sunday, then they might be out doing something. Or if you went during the middle of the afternoon, then they might not be there. Have you been back since? Should check it out. No, because I I have tried at least a dozen times over the course of however many months it's been. That's two for people listening. No. John Shaw dozen is one to two times. August, September, October, at least four months (laughs) of me trying to get a hold of them. That's three so, months, by the way. <laughs> no, it's... August, September, October is three months. I, I included November. Oh, you did? Yeah. Well, that's bullshit because we're taping this. It's like November 10th. Don't Jesus include the Christ. whole month when we're a third of the way through it. Anyways, you know who you are. If you listen to this podcast and you just didn't want to talk to me anymore, you could have just at least told me that you were not going to, you know, come over anymore. I'm sorry about that, man. You sound pretty upset. Well, that was my social interaction for the week, so whatever. All right, moving on. Um, are you the kind of person, do you need an alarm clock to wake up, or are you going to wake up automatically uh, at the same time every morning? After 7, I'm going to I'm gonna wake up automatically. 7 o'clock, I'll pop up out of there. But if I'm going earlier than, than that, then I, I like to have an alarm. Okay. How about you? All right. That's why you never worked the morning shift, apparently. I did work the morning shift for six years, getting up at 2.30 in the morning. It's brutal. Oh, oh boo-hoo. Boo-hoo. That's pretty tough. I feel, like my bo- I feel like my body is still recovering eight years later. <laughs> well, yeah. Yep, that's, uh, that's probably the truth. Let me tell you who doesn't use an alarm clock. People who don't have jobs. <laughs> or have kids, one of the two. Yeah, well, you don't need an alarm clock with kids. You're just never actually asleep. All right, let's Fucking go. kids, man. <laughs> Little bastard. Um, anyways, um, and this one is just a, a random weird question, so follow me here. But uh, uh, you, you either ride next to Santa in a sleigh or you can ride on Rudolph. Oh, next to Santa. You're going to – man, think about this, right? You're flying all over the fucking world. You know how much – crap Rudolph is probably getting hit with up there. Like the windshield <laughs> factor on Rudolph on the sleigh. That's got that that would be freezing if you were up there. You'd much rather ride next to Santa. <laughs> I mean I'm I'm gonna pick Rudolph myself, but <laughs> that sleigh's not going anywhere. <laughs> what that's that's mean and I've lost a quarter of a pound since August, thank you very much. <laughs> The wind resistance is going to be terrible. Who put this? Who put a? Who put this brick-shaped pear in the front? <laughs> Thought, cut down on that. What kind of? I feel like. It, look, this doesn't have anything to do with your physical size. Well, it does. But I feel like if if you had a motorcycle that was getting like fifty miles a gallon, and they put you in the front fifty miles to a gallon, and then you rode it. It would get like thirty-five. <laughs> you know what? I I wasn't gonna tell this story, but now now I'm gonna waste two minutes of your time. Okay, I'll just edit it out. That's fine. Um, so I got one of these puffy jackets. Do you know what those are? <laughs> you are not the guy. You do not have the body type for a puffy jacket. You should. <laughs> who sold that to you? They sh- <laughs> that person <laughs> should be fucking fired right now. Well, first off, my wife and I were in Costco. My wife was like, you want a puffy jacket? And I'm like, sure, why not? 
Never had one before. They were on sale. What do you mean? This, this, this rude, doesn't make way. this doesn't make any sense. You don't. Just, it, that's not the kind of thing that you just randomly decide to get, right? Like you don't buy a jacket unless you need it. It's not like, hey, you well, want a Snickers bar? Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, I I needed like a lighter weight, like you know, pre super cold winter jacket. Okay. So, and I guess the puffy jacket is is pre winter. I I don't know. But what color way, jacket is it? It's uh, <laughs> it's Please teal. Tell. It's like a it's like a it's like a greenish bluish. You're walking around at two eighty five in a teal puffy jacket. <laughs> what the? <laughs> It's really not even the best part of the story. <laughs> best part of the story is I, you know, I put it in the car. We continue shopping. We're in the checkout, <laughs> and there's this Asian couple next to me. And you, you ever just have that feeling when there's, you know, when when there's a disconnect in language? Oh yeah, uh, the, yeah, I know. And, and you just think they're talking about you, right? They were hundred percent chance that they were. Well. <laughs> Oh, I, Godzilla, I Godzilla, to, Godzilla no, behind us. I have no way to prove this, but I'm pretty sure I heard <laughs> I heard two things, Puffy and Whale. <laughs> yeah. And I got I got pretty upset and, and my wife, you know, was trying to calm me down. I was getting like like heated. <laughs> and um because I looked over and like they were laughing and like once again I have no idea they could have just been having a conversation but I'm pretty sure I heard them I, I heard the word puffy and then whale and then like as I looked over they both like looked the other way and uh, yeah it was just um 100% chance they were talking about you 100% probably. chance probably so then so then I got like all self-conscious and like as we're going through the Costco checkout I like quickly put it through the scanner so the person could, you know, check it and throw it right to the bottom of the cart. And uh, I've only worn it once since. Yeah, you shouldn't be wearing it at all. It's actually quite comfortable. It's quite warm. I'm so. sure it is. I'm sure it is. That doesn't mean <laughs> that you should be wearing it. Listen, apparently I'm a puffy whale. Puffy uh, teal colored whale, I guess. Why would you get, did you not have any options for other colors? Why would you get teal? I, I like I, I liked it. It's it's more like a dark blue, but there there is like a greenish. I need to see a picture of you in it. I actually don't think I looked that bad in it, but a, okay. Well, we'll be the judge of that. <laughs> Says the man who wears booty socks. Nothing fucking wrong with foot condoms. <laughs> All right, are you ready? Is that it? Are we all ready to our top five? We are. We, we are, in, in, and I'm expecting. Uh, a, a good showing from you on this top five this week. Okay, but we're just doing broad. So the top five, as I understood it, is top five kinds of alcohol. Correct? Yeah, yeah. Just you. Know, I don't. I don't expect you to name your your best bottom shelf whiskey. Bottom shelf is the best, by the way. Always go bottom shelf. <laughs> um, what's your number five? So I went with the vodka as my number five. Okay. Yeah, it's I. I mean, I I I would have that a little bit higher. I put vodka as my number three. I think it's a stronger type of alcohol than that, but I don't think it's I don't think it's top two. I don't think it's five either. Uh, I, I'm not a vodka drinker, but uh, from what I understand, you can mix it with with anything and everything pretty much, and uh, it's you know it's 
and get you fucked up real quick. So, and, uh, you know, so goes as my number five. Um, as a former bartender, I feel like I can give people this advice. There is no reason to spend good money on vodka. Vodka by itself is supposed to essentially be tasteless. So buying good vodka is stupid. <laughs> God, that's so bad. And people drink that. They probably light it on fire, then drink it. Yeah. Oh, God. I've actually done a couple of those shots where somebody lit themselves on fire. Never gets old. Never gets old. Um, my number five is actually blank as of right now that I look over at my list. I don't really – I'm – you know what? I'm going to go Everclear. Oh, my God. That is terrible. Oh, yeah. It's awful, but it's great for a party. You go to like a college party where they just put a bottle of Everclear inside of a giant trash can and everybody drinks out of that. Like nothing wrong there. That's a great, that's a great. You ever seen somebody take a shot of Everclear? Uh, yes, I've done it. Did you throw up immediately? Uh, no, I, I did not actually. You held it down. I did, yes. Me, I've done it. Uh, basically every best friend that I think I have has done it and has kept it down. Wow, I've never seen somebody keep it down. Yeah, well, well that's impressive. I don't recommend it, so I don't do it if you're a sane person. Okay, what's your number four? Uh, so my number four is a combination of oh. all kinds of liquors into one liquor, and it's jungle juice. I thought we were just going straight types of liquor. I mean, if you want me to amend my list, I also put like a slat, like a dash, in case you were gonna. Yeah, because jungle if, juice. Because I would, I, my number five, then I would change it to sake. Oh, that's fucking good, though. Yeah, I like it a lot. I'm actually going to change my number five to sake. What's your number four? All right, well, then I'm going to go with rum. Okay, that's legit. That's my number four as well as rum. I, don't, I feel like that's right where rum belongs. Like, mm, that's pretty good. Yeah, so, so vodka, rum, and then... At number three, uh, let me see. Like, I have gin, but it's – I wanted to put it higher, but I'm, I'm leaving gin at number three, I guess. I Gin to me is disgusting. It's just gross. Like nobody wants that shit. It just tastes like somebody's ass crack. <laughs> Personally, it's my favorite, but um... – <laughs> Yeah, I bet it is. Your teal <laughs> puffy coat. <laughs> Listen, don't you – <laughs> don't you hate it don't you uh, fuck um, anyways my number two I think I think number one is easy it should be uh, so my number two is uh, tequila oh so we basically have the same list right because my number two is tequila and my number one is whiskey yeah yep exactly well whiskey to me okay so tequila is fun because basically you just take shots of it and it's always like tequila is a fun drink Right, nobody's just drinking, sipping on tequila when they're depressed. <laughs> well, and it, 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 I, I always like it because you always have that one asshole who's like, "Man, I won't drink tequila because I drank it one time and I either got blacked out and did something I regret, or you know, I got really drunk and threw up everywhere." So, tequila to me is like one of those drinks. Like, if you can handle it, like you're right in my book. No, tequila. I would put that in the list of things where that could be both the best. And the worst at the same time. Yeah, a hundred percent. Be on both of my list. Like worst kind of alcohols, it's in the top two. Best kind, <laughs> it's in the top two. 
whiskey to me is the only is the only hard liquor that you can sit there and, and drink straight. Uh, yeah, and and there's enough variations of it to where like if you know if I don't want to just drink straight whiskey, I can get like you know honey whiskey or another kind of infused whiskey, and it's just as good. Okay, so this list we basically agreed on everything except for the number five. Uh, yes, and I I really didn't even want to put vodka on the list. I just I just did it because I feel like it deserved to be there. What's in your honorable mention? So along with your Everclear um, idea, I put absinthe on my list. I've never had that because I always just feel like by the time I'm drunk enough to think about having absinthe, that's going to be the time where <laughs> I like hallucinate and end up God knows where. So it 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 is by far maybe the worst thing I've I've ever had, uh, but it it only hurts going down. So it's it, it's it's good, and you have two shots of that, and like your night's pretty much like you're on your way to having a great night. Uh, here are the other kinds of alcohol: brandy, liqueur. I don't know what that is. Mead, fortified wine, vermouth. Cider and rosé is apparently considered a type of alcohol as well. I don't know that uh, mead was considered a liquor. That would have been on my top five. I thought mead was uh, like a, just another kind of beer. Huh. You didn't go cider? Why didn't you have cider? Don't you go to the cider mill every 25 minutes? <laughs> Asshole. Uh, you, you thought you were going to get me this weekend, didn't you, with your little fucking sly text message? <laughs> About the cider mill? You didn't you, go to the cider mill? cider mill did you go to this weekend? No, Dick. I have actually haven't slept in two days because my daughter's teething with her fucking one-year-old molars. Oh. oh. Schnapps is a good bad time, though. Yeah, schnapps is not a good time. Uh, and let's not forget the greatest alcohol of all, Grand Marnier. <laughs> well, that's a that's a liqueur, I think, so... It's disgusting. It really is disgusting. But if you are ever out at night and want to ruin your friend's time, get some shots of Grand Marnier. <laughs> or buy them the cheapest glass of wine that you can find. <laughs> I learned that from you, buddy. Okay, that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of the Profoundly Pointless Podcast. We want to thank you guys so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. We really love to hear what you guys think about the show. We have tried to use some of your feedback to get better. Obviously, that's not really working. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.